welcome to the Live Revolutionary Podcast, and I am your host, Vanessa Cruz. So listen, a couple of weeks ago on episode 14, I discussed the connection between your upbringing and your adulthood, your relationship with your caregiver or lack thereof, and how it affects your future attachment style in relationships. Now, this discovery led to decades of research that help us understand why we act the way we do in relationships. Some of you have wondered, why can't I believe a person when they say they love me? Why am I always anxious if they'll leave me when they clearly love me? Or why is it so easy for me to disconnect from people or keep them at a distance, even though I've known them for so long? It's all because of something called your attachment system. Now, listen, if you're like, what the heck is she talking about right now? Make sure to listen to episode 14. You can answer four easy questions that help you determine what your attachment style is. So I left off at episode 14 with the question, is it possible to switch? Is it possible to shift into a secure attachment style where we don't question our security, people's love for us or our position in another person's life? And the answer is yes, but it may not be in the manner that you are thinking. Some may be thinking, well, how do I shift if it's not possible to repair like a broken or fragmented relationship with my, with my parent or parents? Isn't it like a bit too late for that? Well, first off, it's never too late to attempt to repair a fragmented relationship with your caregiver, your parent, your guardian, whoever raised you, whoever you uh, would call, you know, mom or dad. But that takes time and the willingness to be patient for others to change. But for some, because of, you know, various circumstances, it's just not possible And to be clear, you could have grown up with both parents physically at home, but their lack of being present and active in relationship with you still constitutes as absence. So here's the good news. And I can't even, don't even want to call it good news because honestly, it's more than good. It's like unbelievable, undeserved, crazy, awesome God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, declares himself the solution to what I would call a global epidemic, that being fatherlessness and motherlessness. He declares and promises in his word that he will be the father we never had. So listen to this. Psalm 68 verse 5 says that he is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. He could have described himself as like benevolent dictator, kind master, patient landlord, but instead he chose the word father. He chooses with all intention and purpose, the language of family. We all have a need to be loved, protected, valued, and cared for. And ideally, an earthly father will meet those needs, right? But even if he doesn't, God says he will. Here's some more truth. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. 
Isaiah 49 verse 15 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she has born? Although she may forget, I will not forget you, says the Lord. And 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 says, I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Psalm 2710 says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And some of you need to read that verse over and over again for the next couple of weeks. Last Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 18 says, He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. Listen, when I read those verses, I hear a consistent theme. We are wanted, we are invited, and under the protection of the Lord our God who calls himself our father. So here's the thing. Some of us already know this, but what we're looking for is a feeling And we've probably heard, you know, for most of our Christian lives that we may not always feel God's love, but we are to trust that he does. So, yes, listen, we we may not feel the physical love God has for us the same way we would like an embrace from a friend or from a loved one, but we can feel his love for us the same way we feel loved when someone leaves a note for us, you know, packed with our lunch. Or when someone buys you something you had only mentioned in passing, like, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel like, oh, that person is thoughtful. They're they're thinking of me. They took their time to remember me. Or what about when someone took the time to defend your honor, like when you weren't present? How would that make you feel? All those events produce real feelings as you consider them. And God has done these things for you and more. The problem is you haven't associated these actions to the actions of a father. So for some of us, we need to be willing to cultivate faith around the idea of God as father, meaning you have to be willing to believe and accept. Believing and accepting the father's love is an actual like letting down of walls and guards and fences around your heart. It not only involves a change in your mind, but also in your heart. Accepting the Father's love is the opposite of, okay? I hope you caught that. This is what you don't do, is what I'm saying. Accepting the Father's love is the opposite of avoiding the topic and rolling your eyes at the thought of it because just the idea of it makes you feel better. Accepting the Father's love is the opposite of testing the Father's love over and over again because you might think, okay, the next time God comes through for me, I'll believe he loves me. Accepting the Father's love is the opposite of rejecting the notion because it's altogether a foreign subject to you. So the key is to enter into a season of willingness Right. There's a reason Jesus asks a disabled man in John chapter five, verse six, do you want to be healed? Why? Because some of us are content in our brokenness and are comfortable with carrying around our tale of woe simply because brokenness can become bragging rights. So it took me a while to really piece together this podcast because 
the sentiment altogether is difficult to put words to, especially in the English language. Like, how do you feel like God is your father? Because it's it's really, it's a revelation, right? So I thought, you know what, let me take an informal poll. So I asked, you know, a bunch of friends, family members, one question. When did the revelation that God was your father actually hit you? So here's what I got. For one person, it was when a scripture just hit them. It was just, it illuminated in their mind and in their heart. And for them in particular, it was out of Ephesians chapter two, verse six, it says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For that person, it was that moment that she envisioned herself seated with God, like the scripture said, literally like on God's lap which is exactly what a loving father would do, right? It speaks to being one with him. What is beneath his feet is beneath yours. What he owns, he shares with you. For another, it was becoming a parent themselves that that awakened them to the revelation of God as father. He said he noticed that he liked to bless his child just because. That's his child. And he realized that if he, as an earthly father, longed to bless his child, how much more our father in heaven. And for another, it was, it was, a, it was like a, it was an answer to a prayer, to what they thought was an insignificant problem. Like it was like an insignificant request that they determined was insignificant. Um, they made what they considered like a passing thought prayer about a need and was like totally shocked to find that God answered the request, even though it wasn't particularly a great need. And that spoke to them as something that only a father would do. For another, it was just God's provision and strength in their lives. Like they attributed his blessings as something only a father would care to do. And last, um, for this last person, it was experiencing restoration and healing that they attributed to only being a thing that a father would care to see happen to their children. So as you can see, these are all things you might have read or experienced, but how did you receive the action? How did you attribute the provision to what aspect of God's character did you connect the blessing So I want to challenge you to take a season to view God's movement in your life as proceeding from the love of a father. This may not come natural to you. Listen, my natural default character in which I relate to God is one of like commanding officer. Um, Not only because of the way that I was raised, but my background is military and I prospered and thrived in that kind of environment. So sometimes when I check in with, with myself, I, I notice that my posture is like, yo, like God is my general and my posture is one who is awaiting further orders. So I personally had to take the time and intentional effort to allow my mind and heart to shift into seeing God as like a loving father, especially since I had no foundation for what a loving father um, and that dynamic looked like. So all that to say, 
Stop waiting to feel like God is your heavenly father, but instead recognize that everything he has and is doing right now proceeds from your relationship with him as sons and daughters. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his presence. In love, he predestined us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Love you all. Hoping and praying some of this or just one thing I said could get you that breakthrough and that revelation of how much God loves you as his child, as his son, or as his daughter. Love you all very much. Talk soon. Well, that's all for now. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And remember to think, feel, and live revolutionary.